0: Um, page 12, page uh, 12 is a rengin from Parshas Sveiichi, Tav Shon 1967. We begin with a word of the king. That's why you chose the word of What's a word of the king? A word from the king means a word from Hashem, the king of the world. He so, a word from Hashem is a teaching of Torah. So, you can say page 12, right? Yeah. There's it also a safer in front of you if you want. <laughs> and since the Torah was given here in time and space, so it's understood that when we um, begin with the word of Torah, we should begin with something from the Torah portion that we read at this time. Although there are many other Torah portions, the Torah is given into time and space, and therefore this is a Torah portion that we should talk about. This is a, this is the word of Hashem that we should share now. Morning. In the Torah portion itself There are many verses in the Torah portion And each verse has many words We should begin with something From the beginning of the Torah portion The first verse And in the first verse which has many words We should begin with the first word As it says Elsewhere in Hasidus That every Torah portion is connected With the first word of the Torah portion Which is often the name of the Torah portion <clears throat> The Torah portion is called by its first name For its first word And in the first word That there are many letters in the f- in, There are several letters in the first word We should begin with something that is connected With the first letter of the first word That means beginning with the word of the king, the king of the world, beginning with something of Torah. Where should we? What we should, should we focus on? Let's focus on the beginning of the beginning, the very first letter of this week's Torah portion. Since the written Torah and the oral Torah are connected they, they're one package as the Alta writes in Geras HaKadosh that these 613 mitzvahs that are written in, in the Torah aren't explained aren't revealed you don't, you don't know what Hashem really means unless you look into what Hashem said about it to Moshe Rabbeinu in the Oral Torah. As we see clearly that, to understand what it says in the Written Torah, whether we're talking about what you should be doing, or what you shouldn't be doing, whether we're talking about doing good or turning away from evil, to know what this really is, you have to look into the Oral Torah. So, in the beginning of this sixth Torah portion, we don't just mean the beginning of the, the Written Torah, we also mean the beginning, of the beginning of the Oral Torah, the way the Oral Torah explains what the Written Torah is talking about the torah portion begins with Yaakov lives in Mitzrayim for 17 years Why does the Torah have to tell us that he lived there for 17 years? We know that Yaakov visited the Pharaoh. He told, Pare, asked him, how old are you? And he says, I'm 130. And the Torah says he passed away at 147. So if he lived um, for 147 years and he arrives in Egypt at 130, then we can make the simple calculation that he he lived 17 years there. Why does the Torah have to tell us explicitly he lived there for 17 years? We can count. So understand this based upon what is written about this in the oral Torah. There's a story of the Tzemach Tzedek. When he was a child, he went to school and his teacher told him, that the word 17 is numerically equivalent to good, as the uh, Baal explains, that 17 equals tov. So Yaakov lived the best years of his life in Egypt. So, And since these 17 years were his best years, that's the Torah enumerates them separately, because this affected his whole life, his last 17 years, uh, were something that that added to his whole life. It's something distinct, something separate. It's his best years of his life. I mean, it's a very powerful message because usually people, when they're older, they live on memories. Wow. Yes. You know, they don't live in, in the future, but you know, the good old days, whatever that means. And here, Yaakov at his best years, best years, at the end of his a, life. That's a very powerful yes, message. Yes. Very powerful. Because it's, a, it's more than just simple. Right. And that, this was the. The Rebbe's campaign about uh, making uh, Kalev Yitzchak, how older people have more wisdom, and you have to specifically um, pay attention to them and, and learn from them, not just teach to them. And the uh, Rebbe spoke a length about people who go visit their parents on days off of work, and the parents feel that uh, when they go to the old age, how they're like having such a scafya, such a drag and such a pain to visit them. And uh, the opposite should be that d- these are not just their parents, but the more older they are, the more wisdom they have. And, uh, yeah, yeah. it's a huge blessing. blessing. So, <laughs> maybe a lesson that we can learn. what's a lesson? You can have the best years, you of, have life. The best years of life. We should look forward to those years because yeah. we talk about health span and lifespan, health span doesn't match lifespan. What is lifespan? You know, that's the whole point. And here, it's it, it, it's also um, there's also challenges in older years, right? And Yaakov also yes. had challenges in these years too. As yeah. we'll see, Yaakov, li- where was he living? He was living in Egypt. Um, and that's what the Tzema question was of his grandfather. He asked how could it be that Yaakov's best years were in Egypt? The abomination of the earth. It's true that those years, Bagashmius, physically were his best years because until this point, Yaakov had so many different troubles. He had a problem with love and the problem with Esav. And in Egypt, he lived peacefully and he was supported by Yosef. But that would make sense if Yaakov's main life was a physical thing, connected to the physical body. But a person like Yaakov, his main life was his soul. And his soul came first, his material bodily life was, was secondary, and more, um, the soul, compared to the soul, the body, is completely insignificant for Yaakov. So how can we say his best years were in Egypt, which is the abomination of the earth? Before Yaakov came to Egypt, think about this, before he came to Egypt, where was he? He was in Israel. Right. He was in the Holy Land. And certainly, it's easier for the soul to accomplish um, whatever... Holy things it wants to accomplish in Israel yeah. more than in Egypt. Especially in the years that Yaakov was in Israel, um, Yaakov spent time in Yeshiva Shemin Aver. And, um, and certainly when he was learning in Yeshiva and Shemin Aver's Yeshiva in Israel, um, certainly those were good years. So how can we say his best years were in Egypt? So the Semach Sedek answered him, it says in the Torah, that Yaakov sent Yehuda to Egypt to uh, prepare. What was he supposed to prepare? Safan of Goshna. Rashi says to make a place of Talmud, a place of Torah. That Torah should be there. That all of Yaakov's children should study Torah there. Safan of Goshna. The Goshna, which is the name of the place they live, they live in Goshen. Yeah. Goshna also means closeness. So when you learn Torah you come closer to Hashem, and then when you're closer to Hashem, then even if you're in Egypt, you're alive. That's what um, the Rebbe begins this for bringing with, the first verse of the Torah, and this oral Torah, this, this explanation of this through the Al-Turab. So there's a message. Like everything in the Torah, there's a message. Not just a story that happened in the past, and it's not relevant. Rather, this is a message for every time and every place. Especially because we're talking about something that happened to our forefathers and there are only three people called our forefathers and because they, whatever happened to them is relevant to us and especially this is true for Yaakov, it's called the chosen one of our forefathers. So whatever happens to our forefathers is a sign for us their children. So they paved the way for every single Jew. As the Altarabah said, we have to live with the times, we have to live with the Torah portion of the week. So we have to learn something in our life from this first verse of this week's Torah portion, the beginning of the Torah portion. What's the lesson? The lesson is this, it's not enough for a Jew to study Torah and to ascend in his reverence for Hashem, in a state of tranquility. You don't need the soul to come to a body, to be in a state of tranquility and study Torah in a state of reverence for Hashem. The, The Neshama has that all in heaven. The Neshama came to the world, it came down to what's called the deep pit, to a great descent. And it's specifically by coming down to this deep pit, the Neshama reaches a far greater ascent that it, that it could only achieve through this descent. So it's specifically by Yaakov going down to Egypt or the Neshama coming down to Evers Haaretz, to the abomination of the earth in comparison to heaven, that the Neshama reaches its perfection. And that's why Yaakov lived his best years in Egypt, because that's how he completed the role of why his soul was in this world. Why was it the best years of his life? Because this was how he fulfilled his purpose. And this is something um, that can only be achieved by realizing um, that even when you're in Egypt, even when, when you're in the abomination of the earth, you have a role. What's your role? As Yaakov told Yehuda, make a place of learning, make a yeshiva. What kind of yeshiva should you make? Shami Sham that from that yeshiva there should come forth instruction. In other words, not just there should be a place of study for the sake of study, but there should be hayirah. Hayirah means Torah is not just about understanding, about learning. Torah is an instruction for our life practically. And the main purpose of learning is that it should bring to action. So despite the fact that you're in a um, very wealthy land that provides sustenance for all other lands, don't get sunk in that land. Realize that the main thing is you have to create a place of study, but not just a place of study, but a place that from there should emerge instruction of what to do. So though you're in Egypt and you're involved with Egyptian things, yet you're permeated with this message of Torah and instruction. And when a person acts in that kind of way and he realizes what the role of why he is where he is, um, not only does he not feel that he is subservient to the uh, government or the laws of Egypt, to the contrary, um, they make the rules, as it was with Yosef. Yosef was the one who made the rules of Egypt. Yosef ruled over Egypt. everyone need to obey his rules? So similarly, the says, we're living in a country which is a country that supports all other countries. All other countries need this country because of its wealth. Because it of it the abundance. So in America, uh, there is all the countries need it. Yet, we have to know that we shouldn't get sunk into the things of America. But instead, we have to, as Yaakov told Yehuda, make a place of study that from there there should come forth instruction. The main role of a Jew is to study Torah. And not just to study Torah, but to study Torah in a way that is a Torah that gives him instruction in his life how to behave. And this is... W- w- something we are empowered to do from our forefathers. Whatever happened to our forefathers, as we said, is a sign for us, their children. That they educate their children. The role of a father is to educate his children. So they showed us how to live. And by living this way with the true kind of, the true form of life, as it says in the Torah, you who cleave to Hashem are alive. That means by acting in sync with the Torah, the Torah is called life. And Mitzvahs, Hashem tells us it his mitzvahs, live in the mitzvahs, And through the mitzvahs, we we, we unite with Hashem, who is called Chaim, called Alive. So, in short, in the first segment of this Febregen, Nebbe mentioned how we have to learn something from the Torah portion of the week, because, although the Torah has many Torah portions, but Hashem gave us a Torah in time and space, and therefore we should focus on the Torah portion of the week, and specifically we should focus on the beginning of it, and the first letter, we didn't get to what the first letter means yet, but uh, we spoke about the idea of being Alive, and we said that Yaakov was alive in Egypt. Why was he alive in Egypt? Because that's where he fulfilled his role in the world, uh, his mission in the world. And how do you fulfill his mission? By sending Yehuda there to create a yeshiva, to study Torah. And, this, and, and by doing this, it was a game changer. You're not going to the wealthiest country in the world to receive from it. You're going there to give something to it. You're going to teach Torah and teach and, and learn Torah and, and give instruction in life from the Torah. Okay, yeah. It's funny, it's like, uh, it didn't work out yet this way, but the Abraham Accords, whatever it's called. Abraham Accords. Yeah. It would have been the same thing as a parallel. Maybe they will lead eventually. Where Where the Jewish people people are giving instruction to other countries. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a lot of that happening. I mean, with Israel, I know my my, uh, brother-in-law is involved in creating um, bee farms in Africa. And he sends Israeli beef farmers to Africa to uh, teach people, I think in Nairobi, uh, how to... How to um, anyway, so, um, but, but here it's not just, you're right, it's not just right. about beef farmers, it's about Torah, instruction from Torah. Okay, so, besides the message from the first verse of the Torah portion, we're able to be alive in Egypt by studying Torah, we're able to be alive in America, not get sunk into America and realize that our role is Torah and we have to live our lives according to Torah and we're, and we're supposed to make the rules, not just follow the rules. Beside that, besides that, besides we have to learn a lesson from the first word of the sixth Torah portion. What's the first word of the Torah portion? Vayechi. What does Vayechi mean? That everything a Jew does has to be alive. Vayechim means to be alive. A Jew might say, action's the main thing. And since I'm doing Torah mitzvahs, it doesn't matter if I'm doing them with life or I'm alive in other things. Like I'm alive in football or I'm alive in reading newspapers or I'm alive in alive more in, in more intellectual things. But Torah mitzvahs, it's enough I just do them. Without, without life. And the guy says... Listen, I'm still Jewish, and the altar says about every Jew: a Jew does not want and cannot sever his bond with Hashem. I'm still, I still have that in me, but I'm just not interested in. Uh, that's not where my interests are. My my life isn't something else. As, but uh, and but that's still not. I mean, my my is still attached to Hashem, as the Ramam says that a Jew always wants the will of Hashem. And this is a message that we get from the very beginning of the 6 Torah portion: that Torah mitzahs has, has to be done in a way of ayichiyakev. With life. Yaakov was alive with passion. It's not enough to do mitzvahs in a way of, of just out of habit, without any life. But because of, besides the fact that you're missing life in the mitzvah, it's also possible that you won't do the mitzvah properly in the opposite. And therefore, you need to um, you need to do things with life. I, I think, um, everybody doesn't explain, but I think simply that if you're doing something, you're not alive in what you're doing then you make mistakes. Like it doesn't, doesn't, you, 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 what what cause you to get things right? Because you care about it. You're alive in it. If you're not alive in what you're doing, so then you, um, you're going to mess it up. You're not going to do it properly. Um, we have to, Ebba says more specifically, we have to learn Torah with life. Torah, the Talmud says, brings to action. Talmud, Mabel, Dehema'i, so if you learn Torah with life, that will give you energy in your mitzvahs. When you learn Torah with passion and life, enthusiasm, that will automatically give you life in your mitzvahs because the Gemara says that Torah brings to action. So the kind of Torah study that you do animates the mitzvah that you do. And the altar says in Tanya, the very first step of serving Hashem is accepting upon yourself the yoke of Hashem. And that also has to be done with life. Accept upon your, the yoke of Hashem with life. As Rebi Rebbe said, that Hasidim accept the yoke of Hashem with joy. So when a Jew, morning, when a Jew acts in a way of in a way of life, that causes that although he may be in Ereves Mitzvaharetz, he may be in the abomination of the earth in Egypt, he has his best years. As Balaturim explains that 17 is equal to good. But also it's, it's alluded to um, uh, yeah the verse says seventeen, and it says it straight up because it wants us to know that this is the uh, this was the best years in Egypt, and more. It's not just seventeen; it's actually vayichi is numerically equivalent to thirty-four. Seventeen is the seventeen years he lived in Egypt, but the word and he lived that word is equal to thirty-four. Double good. What's double good? So it says about Tuesdays. Zed doesn't want to hear about Tuesdays or Mondays, but listen, it says about Tuesdays. Tuesdays are days of double good. Why are they call double good? So it says in Gemara, double good means Tuesday was a day that God gave a blessing, both, it was both good for heaven and both good for creations. Not just good in, in heaven, but it's also good for creation, good for the world. So what does that mean? That double good, what does it mean for us to have double good? It's possible to have two kinds of good in your life. That you do part of your life is good for Hashem, And part of your life is good for others, good for creations. But here it's called double good. That means that it's not just that there are two distinct kinds of good, but the two goods are one thing. Practically what that means is this. It's not just that you do kindness to others because you're a good guy, because you're kind, but the reason you're kind to others has to be because you're good to heaven. Meaning, if you do good to others because of your nature... It's a separate thing. It's not because Hashem wants you to... It's not because of your, of your, your relationship with Hashem, because you're good to heaven. Rather, it's just because you're kind. So in the, in the, in the, when you're not in the mood, you're not feeling so kind. And you, and, or if you have to give up of yourself to help the other person, you're, gonna hold, you're not going to do it. But when your goodness to others is because oh, you're good to ha- heaven, because Hashem wants you to be good, then you will do this even if you have to give up of, of yourself. Because the Torah commands you to do this. And only when you're good because Hashem says to be good, then you can really have the true idea, the true, the true goodness to others. And that's why the Gemara says about tzedakah, Gemara says it's not enough to give tzedakah, you have to give tzedakah in a way that you appease the person giving tzedakah to that make them feel better. If you give stock up, you don't make the person feel better. The Gemara says a person could honor his parents and yet go to Chas go to Metir and Oilam, It could be he, he would get an early exit pass in the world, uh, even though he's feeding his father a pheasant, the best food. But he's, he, he goes doesn't get doesn't get a uh, rewarded for it. Why? Because he's doing it in a way that pun of kushas bakarka. That his face is in the ground. He's not. His father gets the. As we were discussing earlier, that his father feels like. He's a, he's a drag, he's a pain. So although he's giving his father the best things, but he's given an early exodus from this world. Uh, but there are those who make their father work in a millstone, make the, their father has to work in a millstone, and yet that brings him to the world to come. Why? Because of the, of the good feeling that he gives to his parents. So just like this is true regarding regards to our parents, that the kindness we do to them has to be done in a way that makes them feel good. So to regards to the kinds we do to others, it's not enough just to be good because we feel kind to others, but it has to be done because Hashem wants us to be kind, and then that, that's when you go the extra mile and you, you appease the person. If you're just doing it because you feel kind, then you just get it over with. What makes you have that care and that thought of the impact that it has on the person is because you think of what Hashem is asking you to do. You think about the, the one who gave you this mission. There's someone who mentioned the uh, very powerful teaching um, it says that if you, if, you bake, if you don't just give tzedakah but you make the person feel good you get 11 blessings so Rebbe said, why 11? there are 10 spheres, there are 10 soul powers 11 represents the infinite in order to make a person really feel good when you're giving them which is not a, a comfortable situation it's only by empathy by feeling where they are by feeling where the other person is that's how you're able to, um, to make them feel good and so, in order to really feel other person, you have to go out of yourself. It's your reaching out beyond your comfort zone and feeling what the other person is that that empowers them to really feel good. So it's the eleven. It's giving in a way of eleven. giving in a way that you're going beyond yourself that uh, does this. And what what causes you to do go the extra mile? It's when it's not just table table you It's not, you're not just kind to others because you want to be kind. But table shemaim because Hashem is telling you to be kind, to be kind. When it's done because the Torah says to, be, to do this because the Torah and when, then the giving is done. With gladness and joy. And do, by doing this, we merit to have atzlacha, to be successful in all good things, until to actually have good begashmish to actually have good in the simple physical sense, in a way that continuously grows and with more and more blessing. Okay, so in short, we did, did today, the second section of this for is that everything we do has to be done with chayas, with life, ayichim means to live, and it's not enough just to say, oh, I'm getting, getting the job done. We have to do things with chayes with life, and if we have life in our Torah study, this will bring life into our mitzvahs. And the um, and that's what vayechi means. Vayechi means double good. What's double good? Mean that not just you're you're doing getting the job done because you're kind because of tev Briyes, but you're doing getting the job done with life because of tev Shaman, Because Hashem is telling you to do what you're doing. And when you have that, um, when you're doing things because of Hashem's instruction, then there is a. Um, Amen. 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 In short, uh-huh. Shem is telling us Vayichim means to be alive, and Vayichim means double good. What does double good mean? Double good means they're not just doing two areas of good good to Hashem and good to others, but why are you doing good to others because Hashem said to do God to others? Then, then there's no limit. Kind oya 그래. 응.